Good evening and welcome to Success in the City. My name is Helen Webster and I'm with the lovely Sandra Scott and our fantastic guest today is the amazing Chef Dave, Dave Critchley of Luban Restaurant. Fantastic. Thank you so much for giving your time tonight, Dave. And we're going to do things slightly different because Dave has got to rush off and go somewhere else. So we're going to do things upside down and back to front. So we're going to play this or that first, okay? So this or that, Sandra and I will ask it, I'll ask you and Sandra, and Sandra last me and you. But we're just going to do two, San, okay? Because I'd rather speak to Dave a bit more. Yeah, okay. 100%. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Dave, chopsticks or traditional knife and fork for eating Chinese food? Oh, chopsticks has got to be the authentic experience. Yeah, <laughs> chopsticks was... for me. Yeah, that food was designed to be eaten by those chopsticks. So, you know, you'll get the best out of that food if you use the chopsticks. Chopsticks brilliant. for me because it takes longer to eat it, so it lasts longer. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Okay. Um, for me, a starter or a dessert, um, Sandra? Starter or a dessert. A starter, but and I am a savoury person, but in their restaurant in Luban, and the book, actually, I didn't, the book that Dave's just written or launched recently has got this cherry blossom there's this dessert and you've never seen anything like it it's amazing and if i had to pick one thing i would always have the dessert and they're just dessert, but normally i'm definitely a savory person what about you chef dave i am i'm a very savory person so yeah mm -hmm. i would go for several starters and kind of pick at them all together and then have my main course after that so yeah, far more of a savoury than a sweet tooth. So starter for me. Amazing. So I'd 100% go dessert and I keep on telling everyone that we have a dessert stomach. So yeah. What about you, Sam? Next one. Okay. Next one for me. Would you rather actually be planning and designing a menu or would you rather be working in a, in a, in a working kitchen in a restaurant each night? Which would you prefer? Oh, that's that's a really tough one. That so, um, I absolutely love the buzz of working in a kitchen with all the guys around me, and uh, mm -hmm. there's nothing better than that. So, recently, my jobs took me into more development and writing the menus, but I still mm -hmm. love to be in the kitchen. So, if I had to come down to it, I would probably remain in the kitchen cooking. Nothing beats that vibe after a Saturday. Uh, yeah, the thrill, the absolute thrill, the adrenaline, the caffeine, all of it. <laughs> Fantastic. And I'd probably do the same. I'd probably be hands-on rather than writing the menu. What about you, Sam? Oh, hands-on, definitely. 100%. Yeah, much rather than, yeah, sitting and planning. I like yeah. cooking. Yeah. Okay. Um, fish and chips at the beach or a picnic in the park? Um, Dave Oh that's a good one uh, Fish and chips at the beach I do, You can't beat it If I go on holiday and I'm near the beach I find a fish and chip truck or stall or shop And I go and sit And I'd be fish and chips looking over the sea There's just something a bit magical about it I do like a good picnic though as well So you know yeah. If I had to choose between one or the other Definitely the fish and chips What about you Sam? Fish and chips at the beach, but because I've lived near the beach previously and that you'd be having fish and chips every day. So fish and chips when you go away somewhere. So like yeah. if you visit somewhere for the day or, you know, say you went over to Wales or whatever, the Clandudno or the coast, and somewhere else, fish and chips. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go picnic in the park, 100%. Yeah. With wine. Yeah. With wine, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Taking it on another level now. Um, have you done two, Sand? Yeah. Okay, we've both done two. I'm too excited. Okay, Sandra's yeah. going to introduce Dave and then we're going to take it over to him. Really, because normally it goes on for ages, Dave, this and that, but we don't want to waste any time with you. Okay, <laughs> so I'm absolutely ecstatic you, you've agreed to come on our show. This is like when John Gibbo and Rossi DJ came on all rolled into one. Um, so I'm delighted that our guest today is Chef Dave, Dave Critchley, who originates from Chilwall and lives in Halewood now, who um, just a local lad amongst us who's just achieved so much from launching his book, being on um, the Great British Menu recently to winning an incredible gold award from Taste England, which we're going to talk about shortly, to being the first Westerner ever, 
apprentice to a Chinese master chef. Um, wow, what an achievement. And from my perspective, Dave, you're very young age to have achieved all of this. Um, so how did this happen? Would you tell us what started you into this career? Uh, it's a long, it's a long story. I've been doing this 25, 26 years now. So, um, yeah, all started as a young lad, 15 year old, walked into my local pub and said I'd, I'd like a weekend job for a bit of money in my back pocket. And so I, uh, yeah, they took me on Saturdays and some Sundays and I'd be washing the dishes and doing basic vegetable prep, peeling potatoes, you know, bits and pieces like that, cleaning up the kitchen, brushing and mopping. And that was it. I never really um, aspired to be a chef. I wanted to go and do um, graphic design and illustration. I actually uh, went and studied. I went through uh, A-levels and college and off to university to do a degree in children's book. But the whole time I've been working in um, kitchens, mainly this first one. You'll know it well, the halfway house in Chilwell. Yay, where it all began uh, <laughs> upon leaving university uh, there was no jobs in my field for me to go into so the easiest thing was to go just straight back full-time into uh, kitchens by this point I've been working in this kitchen for quite a few years and I used to run the kitchen on the, on the weekends when I come back so I drive out to Wales on a um, Sunday night after work, I'd do university and drive back on the Friday, uh, ready to start work again on Saturday morning. So, uh, yeah, I used to run the kitchen on a Saturday, Sunday. Head chef would take his days off on the two busiest days off. And wow. Leave it, <laughs> leave it to me when I came back. So, yeah. Hang on, Dave. Dave, what I took from that is you had a car when you were at uni. That's I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little thing. Back, so I remember it well. <laughs> How it made it there and back, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, it was there, and, and that was it really. I, I I didn't look back. I moved jobs pretty quickly after coming out of university. Decided I'd been there long enough. Moved on, um, and then just started working my way around the city, basically trying to learn. Um, I'd kind of caught the bug. By this point, I was absolutely obsessed with working in the kitchen. Love the buzz of it all. Love the kind of camaraderie, the teamwork, um, all the banter that goes along with working in a busy kitchen. Uh, and I basically got all my qualifications on the job. Um, almost shelved any kind of design or drawing work, put that on the back burner, pardon the pun. And then, um, yeah, just pushed ahead with trying to become the best chef I could. So I was reading books. Um, I was, like I said, I was having a, a tutor from a college come to me in my workplace so I could get my qualifications, got my, uh, yeah, all my qualifications done. And then just didn't look back, just kept moving up the scale, really. Uh, every place I moved to, I wanted to learn more, wanted to work hard, learn everything I could, and then move on to another place. So ended up working in some, some pretty good places around, uh, mainly around Liverpool. Uh, went out to Mudgull for a while, moved back to Chilwall and was working in a neighbourhood for a while, which oh, yeah. was really cool. Um, yeah, then off out to, I'm trying to remember it all now, there's so many. Uh, mm -hmm. Down Lark Lane, I got my first head chef's job at 23 years old, which was pretty young. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I put a lot of work into that place, but I probably wasn't quite ready and it nearly nearly killed me. I probably lost quite a lot of weight there, just trying to smash in the hours, make sure everything was perfect uh, and make an impression on Lark Lane. And then, uh, yeah, moved over to the Alma de Cuba group. At this point, they had a few places. Uh, I went to Alma de Cuba, took a little backwards step uh, back to Junior Sous Chef and then worked my way back up again. Stayed with that company for about seven years. Um, ended up going up sous chef, head chef, uh, operations chef. Went and opened a few new restaurants. Uh, was looking after four restaurants at one point. Wow. And then uh, an opportunity came for me to go to the London Carriage Works because Paul Askew was leaving and on his way to the art school. Uh, they needed a chef to come in and take over from Paul. And I thought I was ready. So I took... Um, uh, that opportunity and work there. Had a great four years there at Hope Street Hotel, London Carriage Works. 
uh, won some awards, won some rosettes. Um, and then I felt like I needed a change. There was nowhere else for me really to go in the city. So um, I moved out to Manchester. I went to work with Living Ventures. Um, and we worked at, I worked at Australasia um, Artisan at the time. So I was looking after two restaurants, Artisan and Australasia in Manchester. That was my first real kind of taste of proper Asian, authentic Asian cuisine as well. So very Japanese-led, lots of sushi, lots of small plates, lots of seafood. Uh, and I really enjoyed my time there. But after about two and a half years, I had a phone call um, from a, um, a company saying they wanted to open up a restaurant back in Liverpool again. Uh, would I like to go? and open it up, uh, it would be Chinese, which raised an eyebrow for me. I thought, I've not ever done Chinese food before. Uh, wasn't sure until he said, well, the project involves you flying out to Tianjin in northern China and going mm. experiencing it all. And um, I signed on the dotted line immediately, and the rest is kind of history. That was Lu Ban. Went out to uh, yeah China 2019 in August. Spent some time in the college there, um, learning from some fantastic chefs. Some of the most highly ranked chefs in in China. Uh, at some of the most incredible restaurants I've ever eaten at in my life. Completely flipped turned my opinion of uh, Chinese food on its head. Yes. Couldn't have been further from what I was expecting. So. Um, yeah, phenomenal experience. We came back and we set work on designing and opening up Luban Restaurant, which we managed to open in November 2019. Uh, we all know what happened kind of February, March time. On reflection, yeah. it wasn't the best time to open a Chinese restaurant in Liverpool, but there we go. Uh, and then a lot of stuff happened through lockdown, which we'll probably come back to later. But um we popped out the other side, we survived, and we've had a really strong um, year and a little bit, and uh, it's been phenomenal. And in that time, like you said, we've, we've achieved so much. We've won, we've won several awards now. Um, Great British Menu invited me on, I've been on there twice now. And then recently, yeah, just just released my first cookbook, so it's all going it's all going pretty well at the moment. I must That's say. Amazing. Uh, I put a picture of the cookbook on the page. Have you got a copy there to show us? Uh, I I do, but it's not near me at the moment. Unfortunately, it's upstairs. Right. So, but um, it's cherry blossom. It's it's a beautiful cookbook. Like, um, and it's got all the dishes that I've kind of looked at over the last few years they've been on the menus at luban uh, there's some new ones in there there's some recipes direct from china as well so and it's just a really beautiful book uh really proud of it tells my little story at the start and then brilliant fantastic images yes do you think you're studying about illustration of books i mean i understand you did children's book and it was by an art illustration etc but you think the fact you've studied that, that's helped you because the presentation of your food, everything I've seen, it's beautifully artistic. The presentations, everything, the flowers, how it's set out. And I wonder if that's perhaps helped you massively in your career, um, you know, the transference of skills and in the book you've created. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Um, someone said it to me the other day, and I suppose I'd never really thought about it. It's like the plate is my canvas now, and that's my artwork. And yeah. I'm very particular about how the dishes look. You can speak to my chefs, and I'll be like, no, move that over like half a, half a centimetre. It has to look right. It has to look right. And, and, and I think I have learned that from composing pictures and images mm -hmm. and working with graphics and stuff. It's a, it's about colour and it's about presentation and how things appear. So, uh, yeah, very much so. I think that. And also the way the book looked was very important to me. I didn't have time to illustrate it myself. Yeah. Um, hopefully, if I ever get to a second cookbook, I'll have time to, to, to do some of my own artwork in there. But um yeah time is is, is a precious commodity <laughs> i was gonna, i was gonna ask and see if you if you'd illustrated any of it and, and i think i was i was gonna say what sandra said sort of you know the creativity of being a designer or an artist or anything like that you basically become an artist with food haven't you through food and stuff but um when you were writing your book where did your inspiration come from what how, how did you choose you because you, you must have cooked thousands and thousands of things how did you choose what your favorite things were 
So, Cork, uh, I'm obviously just, I like to just try new things all the time. Um, I try and be as varied as possible. I try and do as much different things as I can. And from there, you, try to, you kind of, I don't have an absolute favourite, but I certainly like using, um, I, I mean, I love cooking meat and fish. And um, I know it sounds pretty generic, that, but the seafood, it's, there's so much you can do with lovely fresh fish. Um and like I said, I think it's more a case of the more you try, the more you can do. Um, so, yeah, as in terms of favourite stuff, I just like to keep trying new things. And if there's new ingredients I haven't used before, I want to use them. I want to try and learn about them. Uh, yeah, so so that's that's it, really. I don't think I have a favourite. That's a hard question for a chef. That. It's like, what's your favourite thing to cook? I know, yeah. There's I'm so wondering... many ingredients. There's so many ingredients out there. But, yeah, I love working with seafood. It's like, well, I had the, the last time I was there recently, I had salmon. It was absolutely beautiful. And one of the things I really like about your restaurants is I'm a, one of these pain people who's gluten free. Yeah. And even if you've got something, you just say gluten free. And the alternative you get is fantastic. You, you're not, you never miss out on anything. If you can't eat something or you've got an allergy, the alternative offered is like the same high standard. And it's really reassuring that because you don't you always feel like and i just go oh, i'll eat anything just you know i was like don't make a scene just bring me anything um but there you don't feel like that because you know you're going to get something really lovely which is good and vegans the same vegetarian they've got loads and loads of different options which is cool yeah we, we want to make sure everyone's catered for and everyone can come and have the same experience whether you've got a dietary requirement or something that you don't like particularly mm -hmm. or you are a vegetarian uh whether it's a, a choice from yourself or, or or a dietary requirement like i said or an allergy yeah you should still get the same experience in fact if anything i try harder with kind of gluten-free and i try harder mm -hmm. with veg vegetarian and mm -hmm. vegan because i want to yeah. stand out from the crowd i don't just want to be an afterthought the uh, chinese have a lot of vegan food so um yeah we want to do interesting and exciting things and actually it's nice when non-vegans are eating our vegan food saying this is phenomenal this is really lovely what's this and then i get to yeah, tell yeah. <laughs> so you know when you're creating sorry you know when you're creating um a new dish or a new something do, do you research the ingredients and then you make something or do you just think well i'm just going to put this with this and experiment it's a bit of both it really yeah i've been doing this a long time like i said so you know what is going to work with with what basically you know mm. flavor combinations and we like to call them marriages you know there's certain ingredients that always work well together as a flavor marriage or yeah so and you know that's going to work so um and then it's about just tweaking the other elements of the dish to see yeah how it all works so you'll have an idea and then it's just about going away and trying it a few different times never it's never perfect first time around it can't be you have to keep trying it and coming back and saying right okay that could be better maybe if i take that away that'll be better or if i add that that'll be better so yeah it's, a, it's certainly a process it's a trial and error process Brilliant. Um, so I was going to ask you about the award you got, the most recent award, um, because I know you were on holiday, weren't you? And I think you just came back and went straight to this event. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. With everything going on at Manchester Airport, uh, we got back. I managed to get into bed about half four in the morning. And then um, oh. I was up I was up about half eight, nine o'clock, getting myself ready, um, getting into town, onto the train to Birmingham. And we had the uh, yeah the Visit England Awards for Excellence wow. 2022, and that was held at Birmingham Library, uh, and that was yeah that was that was phenomenal. Obviously, we would we'd been shortlisted after winning our local award. We won the um, Tourism Awards in Liverpool, the yeah. Restaurant of the Year, um, and because we scored so highly locally we were allowed to go through to the finals so that was the um yeah the creme de la creme of the country was Brilliant. there so and it was did you know on did you did you know when you were going to birmingham that you'd won it or, or just that you'd been selected for it no we, we we knew that um we had won an award um because yeah you're there only people in the room were, were gonna win an award Ooh. of subscription but it was a bronze a silver or, or the coveted gold yeah. uh and i would have been i've said this I think in the press release, I said I would have been equally as proud to walk out of there with the bronze medal, mm -hmm. considering yeah. how new a business we are. Um, 
Yeah, and how and basically all the challenges we've come through through lockdown mm-hmm. to, to now be in this position um, in, in the top three voted mm-hmm. by uh, the tourism board, basically for the country. That's pretty big wow. deal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but when they read <clears throat> the name of the bronze winner out, I was like, that's not us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sure, surely not. And then when they read the silver out, which just happens to be um, more hall, which is probably one of the best, well, it yeah. is the best. Um, in the country, uh, for other things, got two two Michelin stars, five rosettes. Mm-hmm. It's well established restaurants, and it, in and it, in the national restaurants awards, it, it comes top every year. So um, they came second, unfortunately, this time. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Second sorry, place, yeah. Second win, place must get the all. biggest cheer, mustn't they? Yeah, yeah, second yeah, place because so. they get a cheer for the second place, and then the winner goes, Whoa, it's going to be me. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was like. I think, and I said, uh, Yeah, I said for a, for, a, for a brief moment, I was pretty um, speechless. I was just like, Yeah, wow, <laughs> what, what's just happened? Like, what has happened yeah, there? Yeah. So, uh, and then the comments from the judges were, were really nice as well to hear. And that, like I said, that was just testament to how hard everyone's worked to um, survive, first and foremost, yeah. and then. Yeah. Push on and progress as best we could. So, yeah, fantastic. Did you operate during lockdown? Um, so, so the restaurant had to close. Um, we took the decision to close before we were told to because we didn't feel it was safe for our guests or for our staff, and uh, there wasn't many people coming through to be honest at that point. Um, so yeah, we we collected all the food from the fridges and freezers, and then went out into the city getting them to where they could be used. So um, homeless shelters and food banks. Uh, and then from there, I kind of must have sat down for like five minutes and thought, I'm not I'm not used to sitting down doing nothing. So I sprang back up again. It was like, right, there's loads of people out there that can't access food. Um, the supermarkets shelves were empty, weren't they? And there was nowhere that could get deliveries. And I had all these suppliers. I had um, like veg man, and a fish man, and a meat man, and a baker, and everything you can think of. I've got as a restaurant as a supplier, like down to even cleaning chemicals, sanitizer, toilet rolls. So I've got access to all of them. And these suppliers had nowhere to deliver to because the restaurants were all closed. So yeah, I um, <clears throat> brought them all together, and we created Lids, which is Liverpool Independent Delivered Services. Uh, We created basically, um, in a nutshell, a local online supermarket where people could buy everything they wanted and we delivered it to them. It all came to Luban Restaurants. It was all packaged up, uh, put on our refrigerated vans and and out across the city. And at one point we managed to hire, I think it was seven or eight drivers. They were all out of work as well. This was taxi drivers, chauffeurs, just people with no work. Um, so we managed to actually yeah, generate jobs through lockdown, uh, made um, money for local businesses and provided a service to our community as well, which was phenomenal. And then I thought I didn't stop there, even though that was a lot of work. We didn't stop there and we created um, a charity side of Luban as well. And this was the start of Luban Foundation, which is now a registered charity, but we were... Um, we were helping local families. We supported 110 local families right the way through lockdown with fresh fruit and veg boxes. And be, yeah, anything we could get hold of would go in these boxes and they would go out. And that was mainly in the Knowsley area where I'm living now. Yeah. That was um, you, yeah, alongside a group called Knowsley Kitchen. Um, and That's we right. did that, yeah. did that right, right the way through, which was phenomenal. Uh, and we didn't stop there either. We then created the well-fed box, which was um, an idea in my head that I kind of conjured up, which was very similar to a kind of Hello Fresh or a Gusto, one of those boxes, but for families that wouldn't be able to afford them normally. I went cap in hand and, and, and uh, begged, borrowed and stole. Well, I didn't steal, but I begged and borrowed. <laughs> And we, and we did that money to create these boxes and we create the boxes in Luban and once a week they'd go out to families across Knowsley and, and, and Anfield and areas like that. Uh, wherever we could get money from, we, we'd make it happen, which um, was phenomenal really because it, it was empowering families at home to be able to cook their own meals, um, learn how to cook, uh, learn a bit about the ingredients they were using, uh, eat healthily. 
And it also meant that my guys um, had something to do and stayed at work, and the yeah, we we stayed active and operative right the way through. Mm. So, and, so and a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work. Dave, a, a, a massive work. And I remember, like with the feeding the kids in the half term as well, because I ordered, I got veg boxes um, yeah. from Lids in, in the lockdown and everything, and it was great actually, and because you it inspires you to cook certain things with certain foods as well. But what you could do is you could just give a little bit more and it yeah. said, well, this amount feeds a fat a child, you know, in the school holidays and things. Yeah. So that was quite nice. And I remember you saying that one of the things you put on the page or the emails that came out was you said, like, you'd had money coming in from people who moved to Australia and stuff and everything, you know. That yeah. was a great. So I thought it was an excellent initiative. Yeah, it was really good. People people paid it forward, so and people were buying boxes of fruit and veg for other people or packed lunches for children. Uh, and we'd set out to feed a uh, hundred children for five days through the through the half term week, and then ended up with enough money for uh, five thousand packed lunches. So um, wow. Yeah, so everyone was rather busy, and again, we, we sourced them from local businesses, we made some ourselves, and then we delivered them all out um, to where they were needed, using community groups as well, so it was just a massive, um, it was it was just a huge project, and it felt amazing to see what we managed to achieve in that yeah. time, so but when it came time to open a restaurant, again, we were all shattered. <laughs> that we all need a holiday, we all need a yeah. holiday now. Yeah, so is the Luban Foundation carrying on? Yeah, so the Luban Foundation has now evolved somewhat and is, is mainly down to do with education with young people surrounding food and food issues. So uh, yeah. if you keep an eye out, there's, there's lots of little projects that the Luban Foundation's involved with now, including um, this week is actually the culmination of a Chinese skills like cookery competition that's been happening across uh, colleges across the UK and the finals will be held at Luban this Friday. It's going to be quite oh, wow. a big special deal. There's a big cash prize for one young chef. Uh, it's £3,000. So it's a pretty wow. big, big That's a young student chef who's learning about food. And we thought, yeah, it had to be a big prize. We wanted to make a real big deal of this person that manages mm -hmm. to win. Uh, and there's lots of little other prizes as well. So, um, yeah, but it's about encouraging more people to get cooking, uh, to learn about the produce as well. Mm. And obviously, we're Luban, so we put our, our Chinese spin on it. So, yeah, awesome. Brilliant. That's amazing. We'll, we'll share all of this on the page, Dave, after you've got all the information, how people can get involved and donate to that and about your book and everything. Yeah, um, we follow the page so when the win is announced and everything we'll share all of that so anyone anyone listening or anyone watching can uh, check all that out on our Facebook page Success in the City or they yeah. can follow you guys on Luban because you've got your own page you've got great yeah yeah definitely everything's on there everything we get up to and, and is all over yeah our social media but the website is the, is the best place to go to so okay. yeah check it out Brilliant. So how, who's going to be the judge for the food? Uh, we've got a panel. So we've sent out um, as another chef called Mike Jennings, who's um, he's yeah very well thought of in the industry, and he's gone out to every individual college, and he's selected his own winner um, on the day. All those come to the final, and we've got um, we've got a panel, and there's four of us on the panel. Uh, including myself so mike will come back sit alongside me and two others and we'll 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 declare the outright winners at the end of the day i'd be no good i'd be like tasting going that one's lovely and then the next oh that's lovely oh no that's lovely as well made up but it's about uh, it's about attitude as well and mentality so it's not all down to the dishes the dishes obviously have gotten them there to the finals but there's going to be some questions and there's going to be yeah we're really looking for the right attitudes and mentality amongst amongst our young people and, and the winner will will be a worthy winner at the end of the day so looking forward to that yeah, it's amazing. And it's super inspirational, isn't it, for young people going to college to be able to say, you know, by doing these things, you can then progress and they can sort of look at, you know, the successes that you've had from starting off as a KP in a, yeah. in a pub yeah. to now running a, an award-winning restaurant and, you know, being able to go over to China and things like that. Um, oh, it's yeah. absolutely, you know, yeah. it's, it's like a little dream come true. And I think we always talk, don't we, about we don't sort of shout from the rooftop our achievements because sometimes we feel like we're bragging a bit. 
yeah. you never know who's listening and you're thinking, oh, you're not bragging, you're an inspiration to somebody else and you could make somebody sit there and go, oh, you worked in the halfway house, you know, and how, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you've got a degree and, and things like that as well, you know, and um, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. And I'd like to know, think that I'm inspiring people. There's always people messaging me and I'm, I'm, I try and give them as best advice as I can. Um, my, my advice has always just been to work as hard as possible around me. I, I had to like prove to myself that I belong there. Every place I've, worked, I've moved to, I've, I've had to prove to myself, not anyone else, prove to myself I belong here, I can do this. And it was just about hard work and, and, and a positive attitude, really. Fantastic. Yeah, so if that can rub off onto anyone else out there, then, yeah, you can put anything you mind to it, really. So it's just about hard work, determination, and, and seeing it through to the end, yeah. So, yeah, go for it. inspiration And your food is, ab I would say to anyone who hasn't been, I tell everyone to go there. It's the nicest restaurant. <laughs> it really is. Um, you know, and they've got like you've got like quite competitive lunchtime menus as well, haven't you? So yeah. it's accessible for people and that. Um, it's just it is it is a, a cool place to go, isn't it? It is a lovely uh, a lovely venue and everything. But I was yeah. driving last time we went, so I was a little bit yeah, fuming. <laughs> Leave the car at home next time. Yeah, <laughs> next time I was definitely all right. I'm not driving it this time. You know, yeah, yeah. But it is oh, uh, it's a lovely fantastic. venue. And we know you've got to go and you've very, very kindly given your time this evening. Um, and I was so delighted because you're so busy. We sort of had to book you well, well in advance to get you for this evening. So thanks a million for your time. Thanks for having me on and hopefully yeah, we can inspire some more people. Definitely. And we'll share all of your um, links and things like that. And, and uh, good luck to all the young people on Friday night who are... Um, yeah. And it'll just do your very best and see what happens, isn't it? So, and I'll see you then, okay? Yeah, okay. thank you, Dave, for joining thank us. You thank you, bye. Bye. Thank bye you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, it's just so cool. Oh, he's, he's still he's there. How to get rid Yeah, I think I might. I think he's, oh, he's gone now. I was about to remove him. <laughs> I was going to say, I think we might be able to remove him to save him. He's so inspirational, isn't he? I love his story as well. And for me, he was a, a real example of someone who's in business um, of moving fast and thinking quickly. And I was at this symposium today and they were saying, you know, how do you engage in the digital sector in business? What do you do and everything? It, um, how do you put? And we said, well, you just knock on the doors, you collaborate, you with. And he was like that. It, it just engaging everyone. And I said, we're very, very lucky here. We're in a mutually supportive environment. And even businesses who do the same thing go, well, come on, there's enough work for everyone. Let's just help each other. And I think that that whole attitude, and that was everything he was saying, even about the young chefs, wasn't it? The attitude you have, how you support each other, and. When I felt really sorry for them was, I'd booked for New Year's Eve for me and my son to go. Um, and Ronan had just come back. He'd got home from Italy for two weeks. And I booked for New Year's. And I think it was the 30th, maybe like 29th or the 30th of December. He said, I'm sure it was the morning they said, oh, that's it. It's a lockdown. It was literally like the day before. And all those restaurants yeah. had ordered all the food. And they had all yeah. the bookings and everything. And they just pulled the rugged yeah. you know, within just no tough. notice and it was horrendous and they said they were hanging on as long as they could for the suppliers and everything and then they said right we'll order everything because it was a sellout for new year obviously and what they did was i couldn't believe it by lunchtime on the, that day the day before new year on the 30th of december i had an email from them and it said right you've got this option refund you've got this option um, you can take it in vouchers, which was more, and use them at a later date. Or, and of course, I had nothing in then for New Year. So, or, which is what I did was they sent us their like Luban at home things to cook. So, they sent you what you did for the same, and a bottle of this champagne, drapey champagne that they have in, in, in the restaurant, which I'd never had before. I do like champagne, but I'd not had this particular one. Oh, it was lovely. And then, but you know when you think, and I opened the box and I was thinking, and then I was like, oh, it's it's frozen. <laughs> it was like you had to cook, and I was like, oh no, you really do have to cook it at home. <laughs> in the oven. And then it was from scratch. 
but the food was lovely. The quality of the food, it was absolutely beautiful. This was before I went vegan. And we had the nicest dinner. It was really, it's really lovely. But it, I just thought it, it's that ability yeah. to think fast, to move fast, to be a, an adaptable that keeps, you know, makes business sustainable, doesn't it? Definitely. Um, and that's why he's so successful, isn't it? Because he's because of all yeah. the things he's and that's is is he's you know, when they say, you know, um, I remember Des saying um, it took 30 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, he said before, Dave, you know, he's worked for 25 years in kitchens as a KP and stuff. And everyone looks and goes, well, look at him, the top chef. But look at yeah. the graft and the hard work that he's actually putting in the consistency yeah, like of going to work, isn't it? And, you know, working as a KP, as a kitchen porter, it's not a it's it's so not glamorous job glamorous side of the job it's so you know it's getting your hands dirty people's leftover food dealing with all of that scrubbing pots and pans lifting heavy dishes and things you know it's graft it, it is yeah. graft and it's you lent over a sink etc um so he, he's definitely earned his stripes to get where he was. And 100%. You know, as well, what he didn't mention, but um, a, la a lovely lady I do some work with who helps me out as well with interpreting and tutoring, he's done ma some Mandarin with Rina as oh, well. Brilliant. He also knows quite a bit of uh, Mandarin Chinese too, you know, which is cool. So um, he did that with her independently, but yeah. Yeah. We were dead lucky to have it. And it's certainly someone if I had a visitor that it's one of the places I would take someone for a business mm. lunch and everything. And they have private dining areas as well and stuff. It's just really cool. So, Brilliant. Brilliant. So yeah. I think we'll go to the start of the show. Yeah, because we've done it the other way around. We've done today. it the other way around. <laughs> and we'll shout out to any kids, any little people who've done amazing things. No, I had some. You crack on who you say, and I will find mine who I said. So I'm going to give a shout out to um, Luca and um, oh, I've forgotten his name. How bad is that? I've got a proper brain freeze today. If he's waiting for a shout out, whoever it is, what did they? Because they love the twins, the boy twins. It'll come back to me in a minute. My little twins, Luca and Logan. Luca and Logan, who are little twins, who are now nine, who came to Wacketball last week. And um, we did things a little bit different last week because some of them were still on half term and things and they wanted to play musical chairs. And they wanted to play games. And um, sometimes, you know, if things aren't the same every week, it, it's a little bit more, it's a bit different and stuff. Um, but they just mucked in and, and, they, and they were brilliant. Um, and they're really funny because they have their own little code with each other. And we played musical statues. And um, Luca was, like, helping and he was turning the music off. And then as they all froze, he was picking, like, everybody else except for Logan. And I was like, no, you can't just pick. I said, he can't win. I said, and he was, like, moving all over the place. And all but they have a little code with each other. It's, like, dead cute. So uh -huh. um, a big shout out to them just for being amazing and um, turning up every week and and just doing great things now. They're just like, they've advanced so much. It's great. Yeah, with social skills and everything that's got. Okay. Well, my um, my shout out to someone who I got from, there's a group called the Whittle Copper Jar, if people oh. don't know. It started off in a pub, putting coppers in, and they all help each other. And now it's, it's escalated massively over the water. And they haven't put the lad's last name. There's a young man. He's young, the lad. I can see him here. He's, um, they gave him a hundred pounds. Um, because this young lad, Caden, stayed with a woman who was contemplating suicide oh. and supported the young person and um, supported her till help arrived. Wow. And he uh, said he's buying clothes with his winnings. Oh, his what an amazing young man. You know, and I just thought, young people are just so fabulous. Mm. You know, sometimes get a bad press all we see is is great stuff going on all the time you know? and that's it isn't it they never shout out of these amazing little people who've done great things you know you just find yeah. all the horrible stuff in the news you know but um massive shout outs and there's lots and lots of young people who are just doing cool things um every day aren't they so keep rocking doing your amazing stuff all the time Definitely. so success this week for you, you personally well i was gonna say you go first so mine's not as exciting as yours if, if you're going to talk about what you're going to talk about. Um, but it was pretty cool. So I um, on Sunday, I thought, uh, so I'm doing my race, aren't I, in 20 days? I think it's 19 yeah. days now. And I haven't 
haven't really trained, which is my bad. Um, and I'm really and disappointed in myself. And I'm definitely going to train for this. I remember definitely this going to train for this. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to eat well and everything. And I haven't. And, and I've only got myself for that. Um, but I'm still going to, you know, do the race and everything like that because um, it's all about um, your positive mental attitude. And your mind will get you through anything, you know. So if, if I was to turn on and say, here's a million quid, do 100 press-ups, you'd do 100 press-ups. So your mind, yeah. You would, you would, you, you know, your body can do what your mind tells it to. So I thought I better go out and do a little something on Sunday. So I went out and Poppy and I, and we did, um, so we did 12 miles, we did 12 and a half miles, um, which I thought was pretty cool considering I've done three miles, I think, or four miles is my longest one. Um, so I thought we'll go out um, and we were going to go out for longer. Um, the, the route I'd planned in my head um I thought, I thought, oh, this is about 12 miles anyway. It, it would have been about um, 18 miles. That, so I'm going to do that on um, Sunday when we come back from the wedding. Um, and then I'll just taper off then and then. And I love, so Man versus Coast, their um, mantra is, it's about the finish line, not your finish time. Right. Um, and I just love that because that means that they do just want everybody to cross the line. So it doesn't matter about time. And I'm not doing it for time. Um but I am going to do it, and I think I'll go back and probably do it again next year, but this time I'll train for it. So no, that's my uh, success. From my point of view, Helen, the fact you can just say, oh, I'll do that tomorrow, jump up and do 12 miles. As, as someone who's not ran a mile, you know, I'll walk far. No problem, I can walk some distances, but running's another kettle of fish. It's just not my cup of tea. So I, walked, I walked and run it. I didn't run it all. I walked and ran a bit and, you know, and I just, I just thought it, it's just about getting, get like knocking the miles off, go, go into the next, you know, the next stage. Sort of and then are able to walk the next day, no bother, which is another achievement <laughs> as someone who hobbles after the coastal walk. <laughs> the walk was a 15 mile. Oh. Um, yeah, so we've had a few successes. We had a good time, didn't we, on, um, Friday afternoon, we went to... We had a lovely time on Friday afternoon with our previous guest. Yeah, ladies. That's right. Of course, Leslie's been on the show, hasn't she? And um, ladies who lunch and Anna Sexton was there, who's been on the show as well. And we had a great time. It was really good. And seeing the positive work they do and that. So that was cool. Um, so for those who haven't seen it, sorry, it was a Strawberry Fields fundraiser afternoon tea. We did. And, uh, they, she, she'll be shared when she shares the amount that they've raised. We'll share it on our page. Because the Golden Girls came as well, which was fabulous. And then yeah. we had two tables as well. So that was great. Um, and then, yeah, so we've been really busy, loads of stuff going on. And today I was at a lovely event actually at St. George's Hall. And it was the very first one nationally. Again, another first of the city. It was the UK Digital Heritage Symposium. And what that means is, and I didn't know this, the city's got 2,500, over 2,500 listed buildings. Yeah. So, Don't you remember that from our quiz? On our quiz during lockdown for inclusivity, <laughs> I think it might have been either me, dad or my uncle Ron had a question of yeah. how many listed buildings. And I was thinking, well, there's probably uncle 40. Ron, I, think, I think Uncle Ron has that. I'm sure of it. Yeah, well, 2,500, I'd forgotten. Anyway, so Gallery Miller and other people there were talking about that today. And it's all about how we can maximise the buildings we have in the city to help everyone. So, you know, my big thing is about international tourism to bring people from abroad and things like that to come and look and showcase what we've got. But also local people, so people think it's accessible. And this idea, oh, oh, we don't go there, that's not for us. And and that's what they were saying. No, actually, the buildings are ours. Everyone has the right to go into St. George's Hall, for example. Everyone can see those. So it was really interesting. And there were people who were there who were all passionate about it. And I sat on a panel, bizarrely, um, on the stage, a, a, a Q&A session. And I spoke how about... Did you, how did you get to do that? Well, um, it was arranged without me knowing. Okay. I went to help just, I well, as usual, I was clueless as to what was happening. So I turned up and I went to help Mark Carr with his stand because he does digital stuff. He was a previous guest of ours. Previous guest, that's right, yeah. So he does these 360 degrees tours that are massively interactive. 
um, my company does the um, translation for them and um, voiceovers, etc. So if people click on something, they can read it in another language. And I had to explain to the digital people today, because they're all machines, machines, that machine translation doesn't work. It's not the best option. And that's how you end up with like, instead of paper jam on a photocopier, paper marmalade, because it's mistranslated and, and stuff like that. So you, if you speak languages, you get it. If you don't, you don't. So um, I had to explain all of that to them. So anyway, he says, oh, we thought you might want to do it. And I was like, righty-ho. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. So, but it was interesting because, um, they, they asked some really important questions that were relevant. And a lot of people came up to me and said, we haven't thought of the importance of having foreign languages. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, you know, we went to a rowing event in Salford Keys the other week, the Dragon Boat Racing. And even there, as my son said, they had welcome in all the different languages. And that We don't have that. The cathedrals have leaflets. Both cathedrals have leaflets in other languages. That's about it. You know, you don't go to places and you're given all the options and you know, where you've got audio tours in some places, they'll have them maybe in a few languages and that. And you think there's so much more, or, you know, you have to be able to say, oh, the toilets are over there. You know, it's my, this is my thing I bang on about. I think I've been passionate about this since I was about 10. Um, I really feel so strong about it. So it's lovely to be part of that and engage with people and see how, um, how we can work together with the digital offering. And they were saying that Liverpool is such a brilliant city for startups, for small businesses. And they were saying, you know, why do you think it is? And they said, how can you get in with digital people being in your sector? And I said, well, I'm very lucky to live in an area where all these businesses just support each other and help each other. And it's about growing together. So um, so it was a brilliant event and I really enjoyed it. And I was glad to be part of it, actually. Um, brilliant. So day by all, really. Very good successes then, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Lovely people as well from Culture Liverpool and St George's Hall who just just share the passion I've got about the beautiful architecture and the buildings and, and how it is for everyone and every single yeah. person should be able to access that. So it Definitely. Was, yeah. Brilliant. The change from I got my tongs to work or something like that, doesn't it? Which is me normal success. That's a good success. That's a good success. So have you got a red face moment? No, I normally have, but I haven't. I've sort of gone through, well, actually, I have got a red face moment from Sassy. It's too humiliating to disclose because it's not even okay. funny. But, um, so we don't want, do we want like a funny, humorous one? Like, no, I haven't got along with. Just the usual throwing the spoons across the floor and things like that. What about you? No, I had my good one last week, didn't I? With oh, the man and the camper van. <laughs> um that was amazing that was one of the best ones ever yeah that was amazing um but no i don't think um i don't think i've got him oh so you know what's gonna happen now we're gonna have a prize one for next week yeah. <laughs> neither of us have got one i bet dave had a good one actually we should have asked i know him. but there's lots um i'm trying to think of it are there any that involve like chefs and oh i do remember one um when we went because i used to run pubs and um the chef was he was quite a lot of chefs are quite volatile and they and they they're oh. a bit like you know and um one of the chefs was like a, a particularly he, he was Portuguese and he was particularly like you know just an absolute and he used to speak to the waitresses dreadful he was just like awful to to, to the waitresses and this and that yeah. um and I remember just walking into the um kitchen because something had happened and I shouted uh, microwave monkey or something like that. Um <laughs> and he just went like that, he just picked it and just threw a spatula across the room at me and stuff like that. And I was his boss technically, but uh, he was absolutely like blazing, do you know what I mean? Because and I was like, Well, you're not a chef. I said you just put things in the microwave to heat them up. And he was like, But he was absolutely he wasn't, he was a very, very good chef, but he was just being so horrible to one of these young girls yeah um, so i just thought right i'm getting my own back on you and then i said see how you feel i said well that's how she feels i said to be kind now and then he was very nice so absolutely yeah. that's like and that's what dave was saying before it's about attitude isn't it you know um so you know i lived in various pubs in london um because of my husband's job at the time and i remember we went to one place and he went look at this and he showed me the back of the kitchen door and there was all marks mm-hmm. in that's from where he throws knives. Nice. <laughs> so sorry, chefs, you've got quite a reputation. Yeah, it is quite a stressful environment to be in the kitchen. 
It you've is. got to be uh, you've got to have a good team around you and you've got to have the good communication skills to be a chef um to be a successful chef i would say yeah, yeah. um yeah. so do you have a shout out to any grown-ups any grown-ups who've done a yes i do have a shout out again you go first um so i'm going to shout out to Dab danny de brabander and his gang um, um did you already have him did you yeah, yeah. Well, on. But they've up. raised um ninety thousand pounds now which incredible, isn't it? was just unbelievable you know from and you know he shares his story um every time he goes back for um you know an appointment or 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 a treatment or something like that he shares his story and he always shares his story he's always like so positive about it yeah. um you know not positive about having cancer and that but positive about you know the, how he shares it and you know how, how the amazing things that he's gone on to do and stuff but the best one that he shared a couple of weeks ago was um he was at a stand um in an exhibition just doing his normal everyday job yeah and he shared he shared a photograph of himself and it was like it was lovely because he was just at work you know it wasn't about his treatment or anything like that it was just him at work and stuff so um well done to danny and and uh team dbd because they're just uh unbelievable aren't they you know with the uh, rallying around and helping each other and stuff definitely so i've got a few people to shout out first of all shout out to leslie for the brilliant um event on friday mm. and she was, um she was helping her friend at the rowing stones concert at, Am at anfield and the bunny man went on as well on thursday night and then she had that event on um, Friday and then she was off doing something else Saturday so good for her for just having the pure energy shout out to our guests this evening it was ecstatic to get on uh, and they've won as you said um, the gold award for taste England which basically means it's the top restaurant in the country for tourism so he was just ecstatic about that you know and that's amazing that in our city including London everywhere you know you think of Rick Stein's places in Cornwall yeah. all the fantastic restaurants we've got in the country and then we've got that here. So we're so lucky. So massive shout out to him. Shout out to Danny. I was going to do as well, but you said mm -hmm. him ready. And shout out to Fran McNichol, who's carrying on across the Mongolia. Mm -hmm. Got about another six weeks to go. She's done a thousand miles now. Did something pop up a thousand miles or something she's done? Yeah. And she'd set a target, um, but she's achieved the target, but she's cracking on with the fundraising. Wow. which is for children she's just i think she'd raised over five thousand us dollars already wow. um so the operation blue blue wolf it's called blue wolf yeah that's it so i can't wait for her to when she comes back to come we'll out. get her back on i think when she comes back because yeah, yeah, that's such a brilliant thing she's done there and shout out to yourself because you're raising money for histio uk aren't you i am indeed i am indeed friend um mm. joe and um, because of her uh, daughter Zoe, and that's um, the charity that supports the condition she had. So, and this is what this coastal runs about that you were talking about. That you're just going to go off and leg it and achieve no bother as you do. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So it's so it's twenty five miles um, from Penzance to Lands End, and you run and you jump off the cliff, and then you have a little swim, and you come back out again, and then you run across rope bridges and things like that. Um, so it's amazing; it's pretty cool. All, all the stuff that it's going to do, but the most beautiful thing is oh, and our Joe's gorgeous. Joe's listening in. Yeah. So the most beautiful thing is that Joe and Dana and the gang are actually coming to um, the finish line. Um, oh. So they're driving down from Liverpool all the way down. Um, to be at the finish line, which will be like mega emotional, but it'll be amazing. Um, and then the lady who runs the charity lives in that area, so oh. um, yeah, so they'll be making the donation over over to the charity, which is a lovely thing that you get to see mm -hmm. who, you know, who the money's going to and stuff. And um, I think Joe's raised um, oh maybe nearly five thousand pound now. Um, so Margie did the um, Margie Kelly did the Manchester Marathon. Um, I'm doing this, um, and then she's had other little bits and pieces and, and, and donations and things like that. But yeah, I think they, they've raised nearly five thousand pounds, which um, is oh, amazing. Right. Oh, almost four thousand. Sorry, almost. It'll be almost five soon, Joe. Yeah, we'll, we'll be able to. Helen's done a run, Joe. Don't you worry. Yeah, we need to. We need to get that up to five. Um, so yeah, so that's a, an amazing achievement um, from the swimmers. From you, because you're doing that run as well as Joe. Um, and her fundraising effort. So I've shared the link for that and I'll keep sharing it because even just a pound, if yeah. everyone 
Actionscape, we've got over a thousand followers. If everyone gave a pound, you know, it's a thousand yeah. pounds, isn't it? So exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, find a find a cure. Oh, look, yeah. she's really proud of being already. Oh, she's gorgeous, a gorgeous human being with the yeah, gorgeous. Um, so yeah. positive challenge wise, um, yeah. we do a positive challenge. Um, so we, we we would before the show we we Dave came on a little bit earlier and we were asking him um about you know what a positive challenge would be and stuff like that um and he said um you know to create a gratitude list and be grateful for um you know what you've got and stuff and um there's lots and lots of books out there isn't there and it says you know be grateful for what you've got and you know things like that um and sometimes it's quite difficult you know to, to be grateful for what you've got but um sometimes you just think you know just have a little look around and think, you know, you've got this or you've got that. Yeah. Or, um, and um, we had a great day, didn't we, on uh, Sunday night? And we um, we went down to the beach, didn't we? Me, you and Ro went and, and the dog. It was, was it, fr it was Friday night, was it? No, was Sunday that night we went. Sunday. It was Sunday night. It wasn't because my mum came on Sunday for tea. No, it was Sunday night. I'd laugh. Philip gone to work. Really? Yeah, yeah, and we went to half nine on Sunday night, about nine o'clock on Sunday night, didn't we? No, my mother left at eight o'clock. These are the shows. People, just talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell you that it's Sunday night, and I came and you came and picked me up, and we went down to Crosby Beach, me, you, and Ronan. And we walked along yeah, the beach. It was Sunday night. Uh, it was. <laughs> You were waiting for me to realise then, weren't you? Uh, yeah, so so we walked along the beach with Poppy Dog, didn't we? And then um, we walked back and we had made a hot chocolate and we sat on the um, the little thing and we had a hot chocolate and we watched the sunset. And um, it's just an amazing place. And we're, and we're quite blessed where we are. Um, we have so many. We have beaches and we have... Oh, wow. and things. it's Saturday night. I think you'll find it was Sunday, it was but Saturday that's okay. Night. Because Phil went to stay with his son. Oh, he did. Be Ronald Fineville, Uncle Ron. It's not my red face. No, it's mine. It was Saturday night. Because my mum was here till eight o'clock. Oh. Made a tea. <laughs> it was Saturday night. That was it. Was it. Saturday night. It was. It was Saturday oh, night. Apologies. Son for the nice. Um, That's right. No, it was amazing. We went down to. Um, by Blundell Sands, didn't we? By Crosby, by the Anthony Gormley statues. Yep. And it was just beautiful. It was windy, but we all got the most gorgeous pictures, didn't we? And it was just like therapy and just breathing. And and it's true. And I think, you know, I'd had a bit of a bumpy week a few a few days last week and that. And you just got to say to yourself, I'm so lucky because I live somewhere in the world where I can go for a walk on the beach. And yep. there's people. There's people who live their whole lives and they never see the coast. Yeah. That, that there's yeah. people who die who've never ever been to a coast or a beach in their whole lives. And we're just dead lucky. And it's appreciating the simple things that you can because the simple things are the most important things as well. Definitely. So so our positive challenge then is a little gratitude. Just have a little gratitude. So it's my red face for next week is that I had a big argument with you on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> That's not an argument. That's not an argument. No, I know. It's just we, had a slight... we always have this. No, that wasn't that day. Yes, it was. <laughs> neither of us got a concept of time. That's why. I oh, know. Oh, no. <laughs> I was thinking, I know it definitely was Sunday because Phil wasn't here, but that's right. I forgot he'd gone to stay with Jack. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, Never mind. And I slept like a lot. It was Saturday night, yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, we are. Joe, try five things to be grateful grateful every day i do yeah 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. it can be lots of little things and you're just you know and, and a gratitude attitude um you know you just gravitate more nice things towards yourself i did that in the lockdown i wrote five things i was grateful for every day and then there was something something else i wrote and then something i'd learned about myself there were three yeah, lynn hankinson told me that three things i had to do every day and it was it was just really good. And when you you're just just grateful for simple simple things. Perfect dippy eggs was on my list today. Oh, yeah, good shout, Joe. 
You can't beat a perfect dippy egg. That's the one thing since I've been vegan plant-based is I really miss eggs. Well, you know, I, I eat eggs. You eat everything. You eat salmon and all sorts. And fish. I eat eggs. And lamb. No, that was at Easter. Yeah, well, when you go to your mum's for Easter and there's only you in there and she says, are you still vegan? And I went, yeah. And she goes, I've done lamb. <laughs> Pass me a potato. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> mum's lamb's. I can imagine. Really good cut. So I did have the lamb and I really enjoyed it actually. But generally speaking, I try to eat vegan food as much as possible. So, okay. so yeah. we're going to close the show. So Dave gave us um, the mantra to live by that he lives by. And he said he just sort of says it in his head and some of that. And he's basically said, you can accomplish great things without tra tramping on anyone else. So basically, like you can go and do as many things as you want take everyone with you and just you know be a kind um and be a good person that was it was his mantra which i think is a great one so i want to say a massive thank you to you san a massive thank you to dave um for giving his time today and um, he did have to dash off but great that he, he gave a show we've done things back to front and upside down but that's okay um and we'll oh and everybody put in your diary the 12th of july oh, the we've got save the date yeah that's save the date yeah save the date tuesday tuesday the 12th of july we are going to be going live from our venue Very which will be coming soon with more details so yeah so thank you for listening in and we'll speak to everybody next week goodbye yes.